then I choose you. Be cool, baby. Okay. Hey, bitch, come here. Got your motherfucking man. Come here. Mr. Pretty Tony, I mean, you know the rules of the game. I mean, your bitch just chose me. Now, we can settle this like you got some class, so we can get into some gangster shit. Fuck being on some chill shit. We go zero to a hundred, nigga, real quick. Yo, 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 what up, what up, what up, I'm back, as promised, it's KMGZ on Twitter, this is, um, thanks for asking Kel's podcast, episode 332, what's happening, what's up, y'all, so, let me give my normal disclaimer, I don't think this is gonna be long, we'll see, I have a few topics, but I have a lot to say, so we'll see how, how, how far that goes, um, it is, what's today, March, um, 11th, and it is currently snowing, and I want to say fuck you to all y'all people that was in January, February, talking about, oh my god, it's February 2nd, and y'all don't find it strange that we don't have any snow, no, we don't, because, at least in the Northeast here, you, everybody knows, typically, you get that big, you really don't want the fuck really ready for spring ass snow and, and terrible weather and, and it'd be, you know, really cold and, and all this rain and snowing and shit and sure enough, here it is. So the lesson here is you never need to call for that shit in January and February. If it come in January and February, that just lets you know the winter about to be real miserable because it's really going to come in March and it might be one in April too. So that's going to be four months of misery. Alright. Um, I have a yours and negritude. This week, it's going out to Creed 3. Um, I think at the, yeah, the last recording I did, I told you I had to break to go see Creed 3. I went to see it. Went to see it. it was great. I liked it. Um, probably this was, might have been, yes, I believe this is my favorite one of the three. Um, I thought the fight scenes were amazing. I, when he, when they were saying he was doing anime, I was kind of like, uh, cause you know, I don't look, that ain't that nerd. That's nerd shit to me. No disrespect. Nobody like it. But I was like, I'm not trying to see a bunch of UGO in this fucking movie. Like, I hope they don't turn this shit into like the 300. That's what I was thinking. I love the 300, but when I go to see 300, I know I'm going to see some, some unrealistic, you know, comic book shit. I did not want that from Creed three, but it wasn't, it wasn't like that. Um, it was really good. Jonathan Majors was really good. Um, it, it it was a great. It was just great the way they told the story. Um, you really got into the story. Um, I really. I ain't gonna lie. Like like um, you can see both sides of it. You know, like, I really thought it was fucked up that he kind of just, uh, he had reasons for it, and he actually didn't even really know about it, but I'm saying from 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 Dame's side, it's kind of fucked up that, you know, oh, okay, you just never checked on me. So, I mean, it, it was good. It was really good. Um, so, you know, I mean, it's doing great numbers. It's just like, we keep having these black movies come out, and they do all these numbers. It did, a, it did like 50, first weekend, it did like 50 million, 100 million total. But, you know, people in Hollywood still insist that black people don't sell overseas. Listen, the audience is there. The people are there. It's not just white people, uh, black people going to see these movies. People want to see different stories. They want to see different actors. They tired of the same old bullshit. And they're tired of these fucking stupid-ass remakes that these old-ass motherfuckers in Hollywood want to keep making because that's what they want to see. All right. All right, where do I want to go next? So, I want to go here next because I'm burning up to talk about it. 
Um, so I watched Chris Rock's comedy special live. Um, I went into it with great anticipation because I think Chris Rock is a amazing comic. I know now all we live in this stupid ass world where you know Will Smith smacked Chris Rock. Don't worry, I'm gonna go into it because I'm t- yo. It's been so much bullshit around this incident. I'm about to I'm about to talk all about it. But I know nobody liked Chris Rock now, so now everybody wants to pretend like he's never famous. I mean, he's sorry, he was never funny, and want to go back and dissect all his jokes and look this nigga. Look y'all, whatever y'all, full of shit. Them got bigger and deafer. Chris Rock is funny. Chris Rock was my favorite comedian besides who Eddie Murphy. A nigga's funny to me. I went into this this special, and he's funny to a lot of people, and only wasn't not funny because y'all want to fucking take sides in this ridiculous ass situation. Really doesn't make sense to take sides because everybody involved was kind of wrong. Anyway, I'm gonna go into that. Um, I went into it with great anticipation because I thought, okay, not even just because he was gonna talk on the slap because it's been it's a Chris Rock special and it's been a whole year, and I just was imagining like all the the jokes that he was going to come with, like all the, you know, I was, I was expecting some Richard Pryor type. And if you watch the special that Richard Pryor did after he burned himself up with the crack pipe, that introspection, how he joked the situation, it was fucked up situation, but how he joked it. I was kind of expecting something like that. Not quite what we got total in the special. I give it, it's not, it wasn't his best special, but for people talking about it wasn't funny and they didn't watch it, uh, for the people talking about it wasn't funny at all, look, I never, sense of humor is sense of humor, I can't, you can't argue when a nigga say something not funny, fine, because it's a lot of shit y'all be laughing at, and I sit there straight face like ain't shit funny to me, so if you don't think it was funny, fine, like I say that all the time, it's, if you watch something and it's not funny to you, it's not funny to you, like people have differences of humor, I watch, there's some shit I watch, I'll be cracking up laughing, the person next to me like, bitch, what's wrong with you, it's just, uh, people's sense of humor is different, so I just think it's dumb, people try to argue with argue people down today why you if I'm judging anybody think that's funny shut your stupid ass up like comedy is what it is if you didn't think it was funny that's fine but if you one of these niggas that's talking about you you just not gonna watch it because you know they trying to make like Chris Rock is like just been this coon comedian all the time and I'm sorry that's I'm I'm, I'm about to tell you why but like that's y'all y'all sound stupid and you know and if you didn't watch the special, then shut the fuck up about it. Like, why do you have anything to say about a, a special you didn't watch? You don't know if it was funny or not, because you didn't watch it. And you don't have to watch it, but, like, why do you have to announce to the world? Like, it's like, oh, I'm boycotting Chris Rock. I don't get, listen, nobody gives a fuck if you boycotting Chris Rock, Beyonce, whoever the fuck you want to boycott. Nobody gives a fuck. Then people are not hurting because you don't want to watch their shit. Just don't watch it. I haven't watched Dave Chappelle since the second special and you don't hear me talking about that shit. Because I don't watch it and I don't care. I, I gave him a chance and I see what time he on and, I, and I'm not with it. Be, and You know, it, it, it's not even so much that the, the trans jokes, which I mean that's the impetus, but it's just that I don't like the the attitude. I don't like the you know, y'all call I'm, I'm going to get on stage and, and be as, and, and, and be a fucking racist sexist homophobic idiot and and pretend like what I'm saying is really deep and really genius when really I'm just up on stage calling people faggots same way back in the 50s and 60s comedians get on stage call people niggers and people crack up laughing like okay that's genius sure so I'll give it like a I've heard everybody's little reviews of it again yeah yeah, since even is what it is I give it for for a Chris Rock special I give it like a six out of ten it was some jokes in that joint 
You give me some shoes. You give me some shoes. That shit had me laughing. It, it was a, it was some jokes in it. I was just disappointed because I really he saved the Will and Jada stuff for last, and I almost kind of wish since now that I see what his special was gonna be. I almost kind of wish he would did it first because I feel like it, he was, I feel like he was, you could kind of feel him holding it in and trying to get them other jokes. He got, he, and trying to get the other jokes out and get the, the, the material out so he could do that shit at the end. And I feel like maybe he should have did it at the beginning because he even fucked the joke up a little bit trying to get it out. But again, what I would, I wish he would have done and look, maybe he will do it his next special. I got a lot of things to say about this, but what I wish he would have done is like what I just said. Like I thought he would, cause listen, it's dog. If it was me, if that was me and Will Smith smacked me in my face like that on national TV, that comedy special would have, and I'm a, y'all know I go to the wall for Will Smith. That's my boy. I'm not, I'm, but I'm saying as a grown up here, had that been me, I would have ripped that motherfucking family. I would have talked about his, his marriage. I would have talked about Jada some more. I would have talked about the kids because they all grown. I think they all grown now. Yes, I would have talked about Willow. I would all the jokes that everybody has made over the years. And, you know, listen, not too much on Willow. That's my girl. Not too much on Jay neither, honestly. But I'm just saying, from a comp, listen, I'm old school. We grew up, oh, you want to go there? Let's go there. I would have made that whole special about the hypocrisy of that whole incident. That's what I would have done. I would have made it about nigga. I mean, the, the thing he kind of said at the end, I didn't think he'd need to call Jada a bitch, but whatever. I'm not going to tell that man what he can and cannot say about, about, about Jada Pinkett Smith. And I'm going to go into that in a second. Um, so I gave it a six. The thing I want to say about it though, is all this chatter and talk about it. Like y'all niggas kill me because and, and I'm going to meander a little bit, but I promise, as always, I'm going to bring it back to the point. I, if you listen to this um, prior, and especially if you listen to the um, Nation of Islam episode I did, I don't know when it was, a while back. I was raised, I'm from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, born and raised. Same place Will Smith is from, I told y'all. I, I, me, um, people I went to high school with... People, I went to high school in West Philly. I'm not. I was born in West Philly, but I'm not. I grew up in in my side of town. But I did. I went to high school in West Philly, so I'm very West. My daddy's business was in West Philly because my mom. We, when I lived with my mom, we lived in West Philly. When when she passed, and we went out to live with my dad. Lived, my dad lived way out in Mount Airy, East Oakland area. If you know Philly, you know where that's at. Anyway, but I'm very West Philly adjacent because that's where I went to school. So most of my friends, we went to a magnet school, but most of most of the people in my school generally came from West Philly. My daddy's job where I worked at is in West Philly. So I'm very West Philly adjacent. You know, I know West Philly. And and I grew up, my father, I've told y'all this before, my father was original Nation of Islam under Elijah Muhammad. He joined when he was like way before I was born, I think I was like 17, 18 years old, like whenever that shit first started, I don't know, whenever Malcolm and them first came around with that shit, I don't know when that was, like, it wasn't the 50s, but I, close, like close to when that shit first started, when it was a very small, nobody even knew what the fuck the Nation of Islam was, cult, my dad joined it. And I was raised in a very, very, very woke, not woke, not woke, that's not true, not woke, but a very black, militant, black power, I guess, black um, pride in who you are and where you from household. Not just my daddy, my daddy was the extreme, 
but our family generally. So, like I said, just follow me. I noticed that with this Chris Rock, Chris Rock special, people are calling him a coon. People are calling him a sellout because he said at the end that the reason he didn't slap Will Smith back is because his mama raised him that you don't fight like that in front of white people. And a whole bunch of motherfuckers took that and ran with it. And he's a coon and he's a sellout and oh, that's respected. You don't tell, you don't, I'm not going to never do nothing just because it's in front of white people. And I, I noticed that people who have that opinion who say that stupid shit because it's stupid shit tend to be from the South, the Midwest, the South. And I think that it's funny that those are the people who tend to call people who, who conduct themselves in a certain manner and in a certain way and don't do certain things generally, not just in mixed company, but generally as coons and sellouts. It's funny to me because this is the thing about, we can say a lot of things about the difference between black people in the north and black people in the south and it, it, listen it's been done to death i'll be tired of it but i think the thing that gets missed a lot about the great migration that occurred from i'd say that i'm not sure officially when it started i think they say it started yeah well they say it started around the end of civil war and it went all the way up into the 70s that's a little broad for me i think that to I mean, if that's what they say, fine. But I feel like the migration out of the South for from the racism and the Jim Crow, I mean, I guess it went into the 70s. But for me, I would cut that shit off in, like, the 60s. I just feel like the, the, the big purge of it was more towards the earlier part of the 20th century because slavery's over, you know, the South was devastated, all the jobs, the factory, the, 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 you know, the, the, the factories and shit started coming up. I feel like it was more in the 30s for when the great flux of people came was more in like the 10s, the 20s, the 30s, 40s. I'm sure people still come in 60s, 70s, but I feel like that's stretching it out a bit, right? I feel like if you move north in the 70s, you just move north. You wasn't like, you know what I mean? It wasn't like no part of no migration. You just, oh, we, you know, I'm moving up north because I got a job or whatever. Um, but the main difference, and I don't think that people in the South now, you know, people are more mobile. We got the internet, so we're more exposed. But the thing that I don't think black people, native black people in the South get is that the great migration, especially in the earlier times, especially closer to the Civil War, it wasn't just about jobs. And it wasn't just about um, opportunity. Most of the black people, a lot of black people, my family, my daddy's family, and a lot of black families who moved to the north, who moved to Harlem, and I, and I love the way they 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 depict this really really well in that book called um, what's it, A Thousand Sons. I always do this. I always don't have it prepared when I'm trying to tell y'all something. There's a book about the Great Migration. Let me Google it. I'll Google it later because I'm I don't want to break my train of thought. Um, they left the South because they didn't. They were tired. They did not want to have to step off the curb for white people. They did not want to have to bow their head for white people. They were not going to be treated like they were less than white people because we, first of all, we're not. And second of all, we just fought a whole fucking war where a whole bunch of fucking people died and we won the war. And, and, and so because we won the war, the fucking law says and the government says that we are, excuse me, we are equal fucking citizens. And I'm not going to stay down here after I done fought all y'all fucking world wars right along beside y'all 
and and you gonna come back and I gotta sit at the back of the bus. I gotta sit. So that's why a lot of black people went north. It was a pride thing. It was a I don't give a fuck about this bullshit down here. You I'm a man just like you. You're not gonna be calling me no fucking nigger. I'm not gonna be stepping off the fucking side. I'm not giving up my seat to you. Fuck you. Uh, and that's why a lot of people went up north. And that's a big difference between north and south black people. And that's why the Black Panther, and when I say North, I mean out West too. And that's why the militant groups, the Black Panthers, the Nation of Islam, these other groups that I'm forgetting right now, started in the North and out West. The shit that Martin Luther King and them did, that church-based, peaceful, turn the other cheap shit, that was in the South because in the South, they were still admired Jim Crow. And they were still on that, you know, peaceful Jesus, you know, church shit. Niggas in the North was not on that. My grandmother was AME, but she, I told y'all last week, the AME church was founded by Richard Allen. Richard Allen was a, a, uh, runaway slave who, who founded that church because he was tired of going to the regular Methodist church. We, we in church and they making them sit in the top and they treat them like in the church. He was like, fuck that. We all in the church. We all supposed to be equal under God. Fuck that. He, church, he founded his own church. So my point is, a lot of black African-American culture in the North is more militant than it is in the South. It's more based in pride. It's more based in dignity. It's more based in respect. Like, we are not going to be up under these crackers and letting these crackers treat us any kind of way. And we don't give a fuck if they want to live next to us, far from us, with us. If they want to live off to their own, that's fine. But they, we're not up here. And yes, it's still racism. We're not saying it's no racism, but a lot of people left the South because they just did not want to live under that shit. Yes, ma'am, no, ma'am, all that shit. I told you I wasn't raising no yes, ma'am, no, ma'am ass house because my people, to them, that was associated with being subservient to white people. You can be, you can show respect to people, but you don't have to be yes, ma'am, no, ma'am, that because that's slavery to them. That's 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 the shit. That's the subservient shit that white people put on us. And so it's just interesting to me that when you have somebody say something like what Chris Rock said, you have so many people talking about, because let me tell you, let me tell you, I told you, my father joined Nation of Islam. He knew Malcolm X. He knew Muhammad Ali. He knew a lot. He knew all of them guys because when he was in it, it was very small. And my daddy, listen. I've told y'all before that the, the, the black mafia in Philadelphia, if you're talking about the black mafia, you're talking about Nation of Islam. And Nation of Islam was very striated. It had different categories. And my daddy was somebody. When I tell you he was somebody, I'm not exaggerating. The motherfucker was somebody in the fucking black mafia slash Nation of Islam, okay? I still, to this day, hearing stories about him. And he'd been dead since 2013. Okay, my daddy was somebody, he had friends that were also somebodies, and he had friends above him that were also somebody. And it's funny to me because the teach when y'all say stuff when 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 Chris Rock says you don't fight like that in front of white people, certain people hear that and they assume that what he's saying is, oh well, we have to act respectable in front of white people for them to accept us for them to respect us. That's not what he's saying. That's how y'all interpret it. 
Because that's the environment that y'all were raised in. And it's funny that you call the people who say that coons because let me tell you something. If I really wanted to go NOI on y'all, if I really wanted to go black militant, I was raised in that shit. I was raised in that shit. My father, all his friends, I was, dog, I could get up here and stand like Farrakhan if I said some of the shit that, that, I was raised in, and my, I told y'all, my father kind of got out of NOE, like, right around the time I was born, but, like, a little bit before, he, because when they killed Malcolm in 65, he was, like, it was already some bullshit going on that him and his, some of his friends were starting to see, and then, you know, they started studying real Islam, and they figured out, oh, this is, it's a cult, the nation of Islam is a cult, and the thing about it in Philly, and probably some other places, too, where you had the, the black mafia element is, it's two kind of nation of Islam Muslims, then, I don't know about now, you had the, the, the real, like, hardcore believed in the, they called them spooky, the spooky niggas that really believed in, like, that cult shit, because I'm telling y'all, the Nation of Islam, but if y'all really know, they believe a lot of, they have a lot in in, in common with the Church of Scientology, because they believe a lot of weird-ass shit. You don't hear that part, because you're not in the nation, but if you went, to, if you went, they believe in a lot of weird-ass shit, and ain't just the Yakub and the, and, and the white man's the devil. That's basic. They believe in a lot of weird-ass shit. It's a basic cult. So you had two kinds. You had the kind of like my daddy and, and all of them, the black mafia dudes, where, you know, they joined the nation and the Black Panthers, I'm sure, out west. It's not that they necessarily believe... And the Black Panthers is, is, is not that great of an example, because Black Panthers really was a political organization. I don't think they were so much religious. Like, I don't think they were a cult. They really were like a religious organization, but... It, it hangs the same that a lot of people that joined the nation, they didn't join necessarily for the religious part. They joined for the fucking upstanding dog. That history that they tell you is not your history. They tell you that you were stupid. They tell you that you're inferior. They tell you that you act like monkeys and, and they and they saved you from, from you were savage and they saved you. That's bullshit. None of that is true. None of that is true. You had universities and you had science and you had met you cre Africans created all that shit. That shit came from Africa. That shit didn't come from Europe. Europeans was fucking cavemen. They tell you that shit. It's all about pride and all about building up. So if you come to y'all want to be so black and so militant, but Y'all are out here talking, you know, oh, well, I would have been up on stage. Uh, we would have just been fighting because I'm not no sellout, nigga. That is Tom shit. Nation of Islam, well, that's cool, that's cool shit. Any kind of black pride organization that y'all swear y'all so a part of would tell you that you are Tom, nigga. You acting like a fucking animal. That's not how black people act. It's nothing to do with white people. Well, white people act out all the time. Yes, white people act out all the time because that's how white people behave. White people are savages. White people are debased. This is what they believe. So for you to stand there and say, it's okay for you to be out in your bonnet, and it's okay for you to be out here looking all fucking like a slave, acting like the fucking lowest common denominator because, oh, well, white people do it. You're the fucking coon. You're the Tom, because black people historically do not act like that. So it's funny to me when y'all try to flip that and call him a coon, because what he's saying is, what he's saying is, my mother taught me that you don't act like that. Will want to come up here on national TV and slap me in the face behind his wife because he think whatever, which is, which is really behind some shit his wife was doing. Okay, fine. But I don't have to act, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna do that. I'm gonna, the way I'm gonna get it back, I'm gonna get it back some other way. Chris Rock handled that shit amazing. 
okay? Because y'all calling this man a sellout, and y'all calling him a coon, first of all, I think it's funny, because the people, the main people saying that, had y'all got slapped in the face, period, not even on live national TV on the Oscars, but period, y'all would have been knocked out, crying on every TV show. Oh, my God, Oprah, he insulted me. This is just a, I can't believe, there's no protection for black people in this country. So I was slapped in front of all these white people, and nobody came to help me. And there's no, like, y'all, please, get the fuck. Y'all would have been still, still. Making yourselves a victim out of that shit. You done trying to get money. You done wrote a book by now. You done had a movie by now. The slap, the bio, Hulu would have had a documentary series on how you got slapped. Like, get the fuck out of here. Chris Rock handled that great. I feel better than I would have because he recognized that, okay, first of all, it would have just been the worst fucking thing because dog, this is, this is like, you can't fight on stage. Like, Oh my God, they would have not even that we would have never been invited back, but like, it would have just been, it would just been a terrible look. It would just been a bad look. And so Chris recognized that. And the reason why you can't call him it, because a lot of y'all calling him a coon would have, would have called the police. And you know, them, you know, those white people wanted to call the police and, and leave Will Smith out of their handcuffs because they love to see a, a powerful nigga, a popular nigga, a rich nigga falling. They love to see it. So they would have loved nothing more than to have Will Smith let, let out of there and handcuffs for assault. But Chris Rock did not press charges because he knew that. He knew that that, oh no, well we, okay, the situation, he came up here, slapped me in my face, fine, but what we not going to do, I'm not going to be the black man that's going to press charges so these white people, and throw wool, and, and, and throw will to the, to the wolves that are these white people, so they can make him some kind of thug, so they can put him on the front of Time Magazine and darken his face like they did OJ, no, 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 I don't, no, it's cool. I'm going to slap him at the party. I'm going to get him back to whatever's going to go on. Chris Rock in that moment showed incredible restraint and he showed incredible maturity. And to me, the fact that he did not do that, he insisted, no, we're not going to arrest nobody. And, and, and Denzel and, and, and Sam Jackson and everybody that kind of handled the crowd. Cause you notice that, and, and it was Bradley Cooper, who's from Philly. It was Sam's, it was um, Sam Jackson and it was Denzel watching. It wasn't nobody. None of the white producers were down there. None of the white actors, none of them. They was going to stay the fuck out of that shit. And if they took the, it was the, the black men stood up and had to handle that shit. Cause everybody in that moment understood what was going on. Oh shit. Here we go at these white people's event that they don't want to let us in anyway. And they tired of having to give us awards anyway. Now that now we're going to slap this man on stage and this is about to go real left. Let's just everybody calm down. Let's not let this, let's not take this any further. And Chris Rock's reaction was a big part of that. Cause had he fought him, had he hit Will back, had they been up there scrapping, it, it would have been out of control. It would have been nothing nobody could have done. They would have had to cut, oh, my God, all the lawsuits from interrupting the Oscars and the TV rights and, oh, my God, we would still be talking about that shit to this day had that happened. So y'all calling him a sellout is unwarranted. He, but he wasn't telling, he wasn't saying that you don't act up in front of white people. Even though you don't act up in white, front of white people, you don't act up, period. But what he was saying was, if I, if I do that, I'm open it right now. This shit is under our control. We can kind of settle it down. We can, hey, look, it's two rich dudes. We have the Oscars. You know, let's not let this get too out of hand. Let's just roll with it, and hopefully we can turn it into a little bit. You know, the best-case scenario. Yes, it's shocking, but let's just roll with it. But if I fucking take it further... 
then it's out of our hands. The police, it's, it's, it's a fucking parade of horribles that's going to come if I would have done that. And that's what he's saying. When your, when your elders and your grandmothers and stuff are telling you, you don't do that in front of white, they're not telling you that, oh, well, you know, we don't want to, we, we don't want to act that in front of white people because we don't want them to think badly of us. That's not what they're telling you. What they're telling you is these white people already think badly of us. They think, you know what they think about us. And there are certain things that we keep in-house that we don't want these people to know because that's how we have survived in this country. That's how we worked in these people's houses and, and stood in and, and took care of their babies and fed them their food and, and still plotted to get free and still, you know, waiting for the Yankees to come down the road. That's how we have always survived in this country. We don't tell them everything. We don't do everything in front of them. We don't show them everything because we already know even the shit we show them, they try to use it against us. We don't have the power here. We control what we control. And if we can keep them out of our business that's great we don't want white people to see us fighting on the street we don't want that because we don't that's not what we want them to see because it's it's detrimental to what we're trying to do it ain't got nothing to do with them and that's why it's y'all the coons because y'all think everything that somebody tries to tell you is about impressing white people because that's that's what you worried about because y'all grew up next to the motherfuckers calling y'all niggas and making y'all walk around their property and yes and making y'all step, step off the fucking sidewalks and shit so everything y'all do you think is in a reaction to them because they run your mind that's, that's, that's what's funny to me about that because I know a coon when I see one I know a coon when I see one. And and Chris Rock ain't it. Okay? He's not. Okay? That's the first thing. The second thing is, he was right. He did not have to call Jada Pinkett Smith a bitch. He didn't. But he did. And if he don't want to make friends with them, if he want to call her, but the man, I didn't get slapped on live on TV with an open hand. I did not. And he could feel and say whatever he wants to say about it. If he wants to be angry about it, he could be angry about it. That's his right. Yeah, like people telling him how he need to be over it. The same people, like I said, that have been knocked the fuck out on the stage, that will still be doing a talk show round. They like worse than goddamn Megan and um and, and um the, the the fucking prince. Worse than them. Still be talking about that shit, telling him he should be over it. The man ain't say nothing for a whole year. He waited a whole year. He didn't take he didn't go on Jimmy Fallon. He didn't go on Oprah. He didn't go on The View. He didn't do that round of oh, let me get the the, the um, you know, the everybody on my side on this shit, he didn't do that, he waited to his comedy special, said what he had to say, how he had to say it, and, and I don't understand what your problem with that is, he's not lying about Jada, okay, y'all keep wanting to make this man, oh, he's been harassed, if he has been harassing her, fine, I don't really see it, I think it's a reach, I think y'all don't like the man, and y'all been digging up all, I mean, yes, he takes, he makes jokes on Jada, okay, I think personally, Chris knows Jada's full of shit, I think he, I mean, Chris been in, in Hollywood for y'all motherfuckers and turned Jada Pinkett Smith and said this, oh, she, her career suffered when she married Will. What the fuck are you talking about? Jada Pinkett was black famous and barely that before she married Will Smith. Will Smith was a blockbuster movie star. Jada Pinkett was in Woo. I think that was her, and she was in Low Down Dirty Shame, which is my favorite movie, but that was a Keenan Ivory Wayans movie, and she wasn't even starring that joint. Starring that joint was Sally Richardson. She was the main draw. It wasn't Jada. Like, come on. Like, y'all be making shit up. Like, she was not. The roles that she got, she was in The Matrix. She was in, I know what she was in. She was in all of those movies after 
she married Will. And if you think she didn't got, get those roles because she was Will Smith's wife, you're smoking crack. Because she absolutely did. Like, get out of here. And even then, she still wasn't in, like, her her main movie was set it off. People like The Matrix. She wasn't a star of The Fucking Matrix. That's Keanu Reeves' movie. Please get the fuck out of here. She wasn't... When you mention great black 90s actresses, you don't mention Jada Pinkett. It's Sena Lathan, Regina Hall, Regina King. Um, 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 who am I forgetting? Uh, uh Robin Givens, sorta. Um... Robin was like earlier nineties, but uh, um, I mean Jada is on like the the, the Lisa. Um, I said Lala, which was a stretch, but she was the Jada Pinkett actress wise. Was on the level with like a Lisa Ray, you know? Like okay, yeah, she was in the hood classic, but like y'all making like her her career suffered. Like she was getting picked for all these great movies and she was and but then she married Will. No, get out of here. That's what she says. Cause Jada Finkett is full of shit. And I have always thought that. I always said, even back to the Tupac stuff, I thought she put too much on it. I thought they went to school together. But Tupac always says she was a friend. Never really claimed all I know is when Tupac went to jail, he, he Tupac was with Rosie Perez and told Rosie Perez that, you know, he was hoeing right now she was the kind of girl to marry, so he couldn't really, he ain't really want to fuck with her, when he went to jail, he came home, he stayed with Jasmine, um, um, Whitley, um, he was married when he was murdered, he was engaged to Kanata Jones, and they had been going together for a while, so it's like, I never really, I'm not saying they wasn't together, but I just feel like it was some high school shit, maybe, some early, uh, Tupac said himself he got, he got around, I just never believed that it was all that they, that she said it was. I thought she put a lot on it. He always only talked about her as a friend. He never really mentioned her like that. Yeah, she got him on. I just feel like, I mean, I feel like Willow Smith having to write a letter to a dead man, like, yo, I really would, like, I just feel like that shit was way more on her side than it was on his, and I have always thought that. I've always thought that, okay? And I thought she just, she's one of these fake, you know, listen, man. You want to do all this healing and all this sister girl shit, which I already think is full of shit anyway. And I and I gave you a break when people when people was coming at her for the August shit. But like at the end of the day, what Chris Rock said is right. Your fucking wife fucked your son's friend, moved him into y'all's house, and was fucking a friend of your son of your child, was fucking him. And then when it came out. As a rumor, instead of just letting it ride, but she couldn't because y'all's egos is crazy, then she gonna bring you down on her TV show to address a rumor. That shit was a rumor. It wasn't confirmed. We wouldn't have knew. I wouldn't have said shit. I would not have confirmed or denied that shit at all. I would have been like, I don't know what the fuck he talking about. I was a mentor. That's my son's friend, blah, blah, blah. I wouldn't have said a fucking thing about it. And that's why you're mad. Because when you was walking to the Oscars, that Laverne Cox, I don't know why she felt the need to say that to y'all. What about this entanglement? Like, bitch, that's who you should have slapped. But that would have been a fucking nightmare, too. You should have slapped Laverne Cox because that wasn't none of her fucking business. And why are you on this red carpet anyway? Sidebar. And y'all gonna kill me for this. Y'all gonna kill me for this. But I'm sorry. Like, what is the talent that these trans girls have? I understand that they're trans girls, and we're trying to give trans girls, you know, time in the camera. But what is the talent? Because... 
what does Laverne Cox do? Is she an actress? What? What does she do? Like, how? why are they getting these? The, I see the trans. I'm not necessarily seeing the talent. Why are you on the red carpet interviewing celebrities and you ask them some shit like that? Like, y'all are not journalists. Y'all not doing, like, so that's just a sidebar. But that's who he should have slapped. Because don't ask me, what the fuck, why would you ask me for some shit like that? So he was mad about that. He was probably sitting there the whole ceremony steaming about that shit. Like, oh, this, like, okay, I see what's going on. This, this, this shit has done turned into a whole fucking joke. Fine. Then Chris said the shit about G.I.J. He was not making fun of her hair. I'm so sick of you black women and jumped out the window swearing to God that Chris Rock is making fun of her hair. He was making a joke about a bald head. He said Jada Pinkett Smith is G.I. Jane. G.I. Jane shaved her hair. Jada Pinkett sitting there bald. Anybody that makes a joke about a bald woman, they say G.I. Jane. She could be bald for cancer. She could be bald for alopecia. She could be bald because she shaved her head. It's not the point that why she's bald. The joke is about being bald. He didn't, I do not believe that he was making fun of her hair because he didn't know that her hair was an issue. He just thought she was bald. And then again, now we're going to make shit up because we don't like Chris Rock. Now everybody knows about this alopecia. I ain't know a fucking thing about that alopecia. I don't think Chris knew either. I don't watch Red Table Talk like that. I follow Willow on, on Instagram and I see Willow shave her head every three, six months she shaves her head. I thought her and Jada was doing, doing some mommy daddy shit or, yeah, I'm sorry, mommy daughter shit. Like, oh, we're going to shave our head type shit. I had no idea because Willow, I don't know if you go on Instagram right now her head is probably shaved she shaves it all the time and she grows it and shaves it I had no idea that she had alopecia I don't watch that fucking show I don't think Chris Rock did either I think Chris Rock just been in Hollywood a long time and knows the Smith's business and know and and I feel like that shit with August was probably known too and and he knows she full of shit and been full of shit and he was and and he was tired of it that's why he called her a fucking bitch and that's why he said I ain't do nothing to that bitch that's probably why. And I remember other people joking her when she did that thing about boycotting the Oscars. Like, bitch, ain't nobody boycotting the Oscars. I love Will Smith to death, but that movie was not Oscar-worthy. We're not boycotting the Oscars. That other people had made fun of that shit. Marlon, Marlon Wayans made fun of that, like how Jada got on there talking about we going boy. We First of all, why do we got to boycott? Because your husband wasn't nominated for an Oscar. That was the first thing. Chris Rock wasn't the only one that was talking about that. Other people was talking about that, too. And nobody boycotted the fucking Oscars. Oscars, by the way, they all showed up, so that's, that I feel like that's another clue about how people don't really take her ass seriously, because they know, I bet you Viola Davis would have said, let's boycott the Oscars, then they wouldn't have went, but them people was like, yeah, okay, well, y'all cannot go, that's fine, if you, you know, but we, I'm gonna be there to collect my things, because <clears throat> I'm a fucking nominee, I'm an Oscar-nominated actress, and I'm gonna collect my things, so, yeah, I didn't have a problem with what he said. I wish it's funny. I wish he would have just dove deeper into even like the stuff he was talking about about dating the young girls. That part was funny to me. But like I wish I just need Chris at this point and maybe he won't do it now. I just wish like that could have been explored. Like when he was talking about his divorce and how, you know, how he ended up with, I, I did, I did love the, the bit he did about his daughter when he talked about how he told the school to kick his daughter out so that his daughter would learn a lesson. I thought that was great. I thought that was awesome. And I wish more parents would do that. But um, you know, I thought I I I wish he could have interrogated some of what he was talking because what I will say a, a common thread I will say about Chris Rock is Chris Rock seems to be um 
he doesn't seem to understand that he's a rich dude. Because he told a joke about how he was, oh, not a joke, he was saying about how he was trying to holler at Rihanna, and Rihanna laughed him off and was like, oh, you my uncle. And I'm like, yeah, like, you need to explore that, bro. You need to explore how, dog, like, you're a rich black dude, so you're going to get the type of woman who wants a rich black dude, but you're not going to get a Rihanna. You're not going to get, he was saying, Doja Cat, like, a girl, that, a woman that has something going on that doesn't want you for your money you're not going to get, he doesn't, there's a gap there, like, he don't really, he, he understands, it's, it's weird, because he gets, like, and people said he was doing a bitch, because he said, he, he was being a bitch when he said Will was, was bigger than him, I didn't take that as him being a bitch, I took that him as saying, y'all talking about why I didn't slap him back, because first of all, if I'd have slapped him back, he, I, he would have whooped my ass, I'm small, like, yeah, he gonna come up and slap, I, I took it like he was saying, if I had been a rock up there talking about his wife, he wouldn't have came slap me like that. He slapped me because I'm smaller. And even if I had a smacked him back, I, I, it would have been terrible because he would have beat me up. I, I don't know. I mean, I don't see how that's being a bitch. She's stating the obvious because that's what would have happened. Um, you know, I just, I didn't have a problem with what he said. I, I, I thought that however he, I wish he had expressed himself better. I wish he, I wish he would have dug in deeper. I thought this we was going to get after a whole year. Like I would have joked that whole situation. I would have talked about August. I would have talked about the interview. I would have talked about that being her son's friend. I would have talked about how she tried to, you know, want somebody to boycott the Oscars and act like she all super high, this super high, like level chick, but you sleeping with your sons for, I would have broke that. I would have broke. I would have been like, and she had will. So will, this million dollar superstar so stressed the fuck out like you understand how stressed out you gotta be to slap me on the Oscar stage like nigga you that bitch had you at your wits end like I would've joked it like that I would've made fun of that entire situation you know what I mean and your poor daughter nigga this Tupac nigga bitch you been talking about two Tupac been dead 25 years and you still talking about him like y'all actually was married yourselves like listen I would've joked the shit out of that whole situation and that's what I thought he was going to do after a year. But he didn't. He saved it to the end. I mean, but look. I, and I, it was part of the yo, racist yoga pants. I thought that was funny. But it was not his best work. I feel like he could have dug way more into it. I feel like he, I feel like he, this is like his third special now where he's talking about, he has this thing where like, women only want you for what you can provide. It's like, yeah, when you put yourself out there as a rich dude, rich comedian, Chris Rock, who has this money and that's your attraction. Then you can't be surprised when that's the kind of chicks you get. So I would just like him to dig more into that. Like I thought that's what he was. I thought it would have been much better, but all these people talking to, I mean, I just thought, I really just don't understand how you could fix your face to say how he should or shouldn't respond. What he should or shouldn't have said what he should or shouldn't have did on that night. When none of y'all been in that situation, I ain't been in that situation. I'm going to tell you right now, I would have failed. Because I would have hit, I, Will wouldn't have slapped me on the stage like that. After I shook out of the shot, and, and that's the other thing, I watched that live. I realize a lot of y'all didn't watch it live, but when I watched that live, and everybody else that watched this live, you know this is true. When the shit happened, they said Chris didn't do anything. Chris did do something. When Will slapped him and walked away, Chris moved towards Will real quick. He moved, then he pulled his head. He moved, like, I want to say, two steps. Like, he was going after Will for two steps. Then he, then, he, then he stopped, and the camera cut. And when the camera cut, 
you saw him back standing there. And that's when everybody was like, all. Oh. then they watched Will, you know, the camera kept, the camera zoomed out. They watched Will sit down. Then they was focused on Will yelling at him from the keep my wife name. Like, it was all chaos, right, at that point. And I feel like by the time the clip got shown, they, they didn't show that part. But if you watched it live, he did go to move after Will. He moved a good two steps. Then he caught himself, and he stood there. That's when he said, oh, shit, yeah, that's the part they play. Oh, shit, Will just slapped me in my face on the stage. That's the part they play. But right before he said that, right before he stood back and said that, he had moved to go towards Will. So y'all calling him a bitch, that's not true. He did. He did move, and he caught himself. And so that's why I appreciate his joke when he said, why did I not hit him back? He said, because my mother told me don't do like that in front of white people. And even the white people part, he's saying those white people. Those Oscar white people who work in the same industry that we both work in. Listen, that would have been a disaster. Neither one of them would have ever got booked again, and they would have been fine because they rich, but the man... Bro, y'all think the fucking OJ case was bad, boy. They would have been all kind of niggers. They would have been all kind of thugs. These people that have been working in Hollywood for years and years and years and have made these people millions of dollars, but because because they was fighting on the Oscar stage and messed up their little show, they would have been all kinds of thugs. And, and everybody would have felt the repercussions, but they'd have been calling a, a Oprah a, a welfare queen by the time the shit was over with. It would have been a mess. So... Thank God that Chris Rock had sense, but that's what he was saying. We're not going to be on stage fist fighting in front of these white people in front in the industry that we all work in and where the repercussions from that would be so far reaching, not just from me and not just from Will. Like they would have never had black people on there again. Y'all can forget the nominations. Y'all can forget the Black Panther. Y'all can forget it. They might not have even been trying to make movies. Like y'all can forget it. So thank God he did not do that. And y'all sound stupid. I'm sorry. Insisting that he should. Like, grow the fuck up. Well, if I was up there, I would know you wouldn't have, first of all. You, a lot of people saying that shit, I know for sure never even been smacked in the face because y'all replies indicate that you never been smacked in the face. Okay? Because first of all, getting slapped in the face, that's more shocking than getting punched in the face. Now, I'm here to tell you, when you get punched in the face, that shit make you angry. You be like, oh, I know this bitch. You don't push me in my face, and boom, it's on. But when you get slapped, you like, oh, did you, oh, you going, oh, you just slap me? Did you just slap me in my face? It is very jarring and very shocking. That disrespectful. Oh, now, oh, you disrespected me. That, it take a minute. It take a minute to, to realize that you just been slapped in the face. And I'm telling you, only know that if you receive both. Okay. Slapping somebody in the face is very disrespectful. All right? Now, moving on from that. Um, I also want to shout out... Oh, no. Actually, connected. The other thing I want to say is... And somebody on the internet said this, and it was perfect. They were like, you know, part of the problem is... Back in the day, before the internet, the 20-year-olds and the 30-year-olds and the teenagers, they was in their little room saying they dumb shit to each other. And we didn't, we, you know, us older people were away from it, and we didn't have to hear it. And now we on the internet, it's all mushed together. And that is so true, because I am just, I, I think it's corny. Every time something comes out, before you even, sit, like I said, if you don't think something's funny, fine. But this notion that you going in, you're not going to watch some shit, or you going into some shit, ready to be offended, ready to pick it apart, ready to find everything problematic, 
Courtney, shout out to Courtney on t- on on Twitter. She tweeted she tweeted some shit, and I was like, you know what? Talk about hitting the nail on the motherfucking head. She said that comedy and intellect are intertwined. Like one of the one of the measures that they use for intelligence is a person's ability to recognize satire, recognize parody, because there are people who cannot recognize it, and these are the kind of people that are online and they get sucked up by these little fake bots and and um you know like uh edited photos because they don't have the intellect to understand that hey this photo may be edited this what I'm reading may not be fact like they don't have that extra layer of intellect it takes to catch that kind of shit and that's a lot of people comedy is the same way like sometimes a joke is is not funny on its face you have to have some background knowledge or intelligence to really understand why the joke is funny or you have to have some experience some life experience to really understand why the joke is funny and and she was saying that the reason why these kids are so everything gotta be a certain way every have to be said a certain way or it's not funny or it's offensive or you didn't get the joke is cause y'all don't have the fucking intellect cause y'all don't have the fucking intelligence because y'all are 23, 24, however years old you don't have the life experience you don't have the range to really so if it's not clearly on it's face funny whatever that is for you then you're not getting it and I think that's true because it's like you're going into the thing. Listen, whatever it is, if you don't think it's funny, fine. But when you're going into something, not ready to just receive it, when you always got to put yourself in it, and it always has to be about your feelings and what's offensive to you and how you feel, and what then, then yeah, ain't shit going to be funny because that's comedy. So if you can't find, if you don't understand that the way people make people laugh is to dig at things that are soft or to dig at things that are controversial and or to dig at things that you know may not be funny and make it funny, if you don't understand that that's comedy, then you ain't going to find nothing funny, okay? And that's different than these comedians on stage talking about cancel culture. It's, even that is, is kind of dumb, and we tired of hearing it. It's dumbed down because, bro, there's no cancel culture. People just don't think you're funny. They don't, they're not laughing at what you, what you're, what you're putting out. So you have to tell a better joke or just say, fuck it. Cause honestly, some of these motherfuckers just don't have no sense of humor. And if you watch that some more special and you ain't laughing, you ain't think it was funny. That's cool. I can't tell you what you think is funny, but I can say that you really probably don't have no sense of humor. And we got to start asking these kids that are offended about everything. Okay. Well, name me some, cause this is what I was saying. I don't know what these motherfuckers think is funny. Because they don't like nothing that's funny. It's not funny. It's offensive. It's this, it's that. It's problematic. I didn't get this. I didn't get what's funny. Okay, so tell me something that you think is funny. And that's going to be the reveal. That's Tell me what you think is funny. Perfect example. That show on HBO that y'all watch, um, Southside, I support black people. I support their right to make comedy. That shit is not funny to me. I've never, I don't get it. I don't get, it's one, it's one scene that like I chuckled at. It's a couple scenes that have been in that I have chuckled at. I'm not going to say I watch it, I've chuckled, but it's not funny to me. I don't understand what y'all be, oh my God, that's so hilarious. And I'm like, is it? I'm sitting here straight. It's not funny to me. God bless them. Black people should be able to make, you know, all kind of, it's a lot of white shows I, I find not funny too that are, that are also on, but I just, I don't get what's funny about it to me. Perfect example. Everybody around me could be watching that shit, and I just, and cracking up, I just don't think it's funny. I get the jokes, I understand the joke, it's just not my type of humor. That's fine. Nobody can 
berate me into thinking that's funny. You know what I'm saying? You're not going to, but I get the, I get the, I get what they're doing. It's just not my kind of comedy. My issue is these people who'll sit down, like they'll make a joke about, I don't know, they'll have a, it'll be a crackhead. Like, like Friday, the movie Friday. There are people, young folks will watch Friday now and be like, oh my God, why is Felicia crackhead? Why is she black? Why is her hair like that? Why is she light-skinned? Like, are y'all for real? This shit is funny. Because if you were around in the 94s and 95s, everybody know Felicia. It's like at least once Felicia on everybody block. That was the joke. That's why it's funny. Because everybody knows of Felicia. Y'all don't because y'all don't have the experience. Because y'all grew up in the house and y'all wasn't outside. And so I don't understand why Felicia coming and asking to borrow somebody's VCR is funny. Because that's what crackheads would do. Crackheads would come and be like, can I borrow your car? Nah. Well, can I borrow your bike? Nah. Okay. Um, can I hold your TV real quick? Nah. Because they, they, they would just take anything and sell it. And they would just ask you the crazy. They, after a while, it would just become crazy. And they was always around. And they would always come around at the wrong fucking time. Oh, here come Bye Felicia. That's what Bye Felicia. Because it's always like, here y'all go. Y'all on the porch. Everybody trying to chill. We home from school. Here come Felicia. Can I borrow your VC? Can I borrow a cup of sugar? It was always weird old shit. Like, it was just the random and shit. Can I borrow a nickel, two pieces of string? And you got a right tennis shoe. Can I borrow? Like, that's how crackhead used to be, that's why it's funny it's not, all this shit y'all be talking about is like, oh my god Like, do, can you please just find what is this, how is anything gonna be funny to you if everything is some fucking academic offensive, like y'all grew up terrible your parents did you, did you dirty, you grew up terrible you got no culture, you have no range you don't have any kind of sense of humor everything is something to be offended by that's a, that's a very, very, very whack way to be sometimes you laugh at shit just cause it's ignorant, does it mean that you don't know it's ignorant, does it mean that you don't understand that okay they playing on this girl's drug problem, of course duh, that don't mean it's not funny Shit in life be funny. That's how crackheads used to be. The part with Debo, that's that's funny. Because if you went to school or you had a, a bully on the block like that, which a lot of people did, that's exactly how it was. Debo think when Debo come around, you know I'll be quiet, but when he leave, I'll be that's how it is. Nigga used to snatch your chain, nigga used to run your pockets, you just do that's what we call bullies. Back when we was growing up, when we say bully, that's what we talking about. We're not talking about this shit y'all talking about where somebody just don't like you, or somebody making names for you, or somebody ain't want to pick you on a team, or somebody don't want to let you come sit next to them. That's not bully, that's that's just that's not bullying us. When we say bully, that's what we talking about. That shit y'all be complaining about is just kids being kids. And it's a lot of times, if you just stand up for yourself and push back, that shit will cut out too. But y'all don't have no fucking, nobody taught y'all that. Y'all, they taught, y'all taught y'all to whine and cry and, and, and complain. But those are the bullies that we dealt. We dealt with bullies that beat you the fuck up. We dealt with bullies that punched you in your eye. We dealt with bullies that push you in your locker. We dealt with bullies that stole your lunch money. That's what we dealt with. Bullies. <laughs> that, and that's why it's funny. Because we remember how that was. Snatching your chain and shit, man. That's my grandmama chain. People would say shit like that, man. This nigga stole my, my grandma gave me my chain. I don't care about the wallet, cause that wallet, I just got that at the Macy's real quick. But my grandmama gave me that chain. Like, that's that shit that people really went through. That's why it's funny. But y'all don't know nothing about that. 
And it just like it's it's like because you just you don't have the range for it, and that's why they don't find shit funny, and that's why I don't really get involved with it. Cause I'm like, man, okay, well, whatever. Tell me what you think is funny. I'm gonna watch the shit that you think is funny, and 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 and, and please let me know what's funny about it. Cause I have not heard one thing. We not heard one thing y'all like. We not heard one thing y'all think is funny. All we hear is problems with every fucking thing. This person's problem, that that person's problem, and this person's offensive, and that person. Y'all are dry and whack. Any, but you criticizing is not deep. Criticizing is not intellectual. Criticizing is not like groundbreaking. Any fucking body can do that. Anybody can sit and point out faults. Anybody can sit and put. Anybody can do that. You know who could do that the most? People who don't do shit. People who never tried shit. People who not good at shit. People they 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 per, any, a person that's a fucking flop that don't know how to do anything well. They the best critics and they pick everything apart. They can't do shit themselves, but they can tell you what's wrong with what you're doing. So, some more had a special. I thought it was funny. Did I bust the gut laughing? It wasn't Queens of Comedy funny. Let me just say that. It wasn't, but it was funny. She has some jokes in there that had me laughing. I'm, if it's on Netflix, it, and, and, and the thing I like about it is she addressed, so she talked about Monique, you know, she did Queens of Comedy Monique she talked about the, she did she did what a lot of these male comedians are not able to do because they too focused on trying to dig in their shit on ignorance and insisting that people are, you can't say anything Samora actually tackled a lot of difficult subjects gave her opinion but made it funny she did a bit on Monique and the bonnets and how what Monique said about the bonnets and how people responded. And then she did a joke around the whole situation and it was funny. And I was like, yes, that's how you do it. That's how you point out, okay, Monique said this and some people ain't, ain't agree with it and some people got offended by what she said, right or wrong. And then she and then she flipped that into a joke that played on that. Like how, so, like, okay, she was saying how, look, Basically, what she was saying was like, "Look, when you want when you want a plane with a bitch in a bonnet, that the bitch in the bonnet, she gonna bring up the shit that ain't nobody else gonna bring up." She said, "She said she gonna be like, um, excuse me, sir, excuse me, why come you gave him the whole can of soda, but you only gave me a cup? I'm on we on the same flight." <laughs> Samora was like, "You bitch, you know." Samora was like, "Now ain't nobody else gonna say that. Everybody else gonna let him walk by with the can because we don't cause no problem. But the bitch in the bonnet is gonna say that shit, and she gonna be right. It was funny." And that's how you do it. I was like, yes, Samora, that's how you do it. That's how you bring this shit up and make it funny. It was really good. Her special was really, really good. I enjoyed it. It wasn't gut busting. You know, I give it like a, I give it like a seven, eight out of 10. She's been funnier. I've seen her before be funnier, but she was funny. Okay. Lastly, and I'm going to touch on this real quick. Because the story's still developing, and I don't think we're going to get the truth at this point, but I still think it's some more truth to be gotten than what we have already gotten. This this Mexican cartel kidnapping, where these three black men and one black woman went down to Mexico talking about she was getting a tummy tuck, and they ended up being uh, kidnapped to hell for hostages by the cartel, and two of them got killed. If you believe them people was going down to Mexico for a tummy tuck, you a fucking fool. Don't nothing say drug mules, drug traffickers, like four niggas in a car, Three, three men and one woman driving from South Carolina over to Mexico through Texas. You know how many fucking states that you could drove through that could get you a tummy tuck for probably 
I mean, shit, they, even here in New York, where I'm sure it's probably the high end of tummy tucks, I believe they're like six, seven, eight thousand dollars $8,000. And that's here in New York, high end of tummy tucks. I'm pretty sure other places you can get a tummy tuck for, for like, um, you know, three, four, two, three thousand dollars. Doctor now probably give you a, a tummy tuck. So you mean tell me you drove from South Carolina all the way over through Texas where Doctor Now is? He in Houston down to Mexico for a tummy tuck. I, and and the cartel just I don't believe it. I don't believe the story. I think they was I don't know what they was doing. I don't think they. I read that they had seven thousand dollars. Seven thousand dollars you can get a tummy tuck in the U.S in a decent hospital with, with, with recovery and everything. How y'all was going down in a car from South Carolina, three men went with her to get a tummy tuck. What the, what, 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 they don't make no sense. They weren't related to her. Men don't stay with you during surgery. They don't get, like, what y'all was going to do? So she was going to be in this Mexican hospital, and then what, y'all was going to get in the car? Because they didn't run a room. They did not. They, so now, so the one girl who didn't go with them said that the plan was they was gonna drop her off and then go back across the border to Texas and wait. That still don't make sense. Why do four of y'all need to do that? She, if that's what y'all was gonna do, you could have took your sister, your friend, whatever. She could have. First of all, it's not wise to me to be getting surgery in Mexico and left there by yourself. Even if you are 15 minutes away, you still across the border. You still in another fucking country. If something go wrong, ain't no guarantee that person's going to be let over or you going to be let back. Like you stuck in Mexico. I believe that they was probably going down there to get some pills or some drugs. I don't know about drugs because $7,000, I don't think that's enough to get, um, drugs from the car. To, I just don't. And, and, and who, I just, I think they was going to get some pills. I don't know, it could have been oxycodone, could have been fentanyl, who knows, because you can get all that shit, it might have just been some regular degular, we gonna go get the, you know, the pills that you can get in Mexico that you can't get here, and sell them, I don't know, but I, I, I feel like this was drug related, they wasn't going down there for no tummy tuck, because the cartel, um, you know, they, they, done, they said, look, here go the people that, that's kidnapped them, we don't believe in targeting innocent people, and they tied, they said, they, I think they said it was five men that were cinch tied at the border, that's because them cartels don't want them authority, the U.S. authorities down there. You know, all I will say is, as much as we talk shit about America, it was good to see that even the least of us, if we are taking a kidnapping in, in, in a foreign land, that the government will give a shit, because they sure did, you know, like, um, put enough pressure on, on the cartel to send them, them people, you know, that they say was responsible. I'm pretty sure they probably just picked five people and was like, look, y'all gonna eat this because we cannot have these motherfucking U.S. authorities down here because y'all done killed two Americans and kidnapped two others, okay? Um, you know, but two of them made it out. I don't think we gonna get the whole story because I think it's in Mexican government's um, best interest to not tell the whole story because I think there's probably more to it because um, they said they took them for hostage. I'm like, okay, so y'all took them for hostage for who? Who was gonna pay for them? You know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like that was a drug deal going wrong or something went wrong. They said they thought they was Haitians. I don't believe they thought they was... I think that's what Mexico was saying. The Mexican government is saying. I don't know what that was, but that was shady as hell. Whatever it is, they lucky. Them two people that made it, they gonna, they gonna get away with whatever the fuck it is they was doing. Because they was down there doing something they was not supposed to be. But for whatever reason, that shit befell them. And so now they're probably going to get away with it. Them other two people was killed down there. Listen, Mexico is dangerous. I be telling people, they like, oh, people are over-exaggerating. No, we're not. No, we're not. 
you motherfuckers talking about, oh, we could walk down in the town. Yeah, you could walk down in the town and a cartel member could snatch you up and keep you hostage. Like, it's dangerous down there. That that government is completely corrupt. It is run by the drug traffickers. You could be on the resort. I don't know if y'all read the news. They running up on the resorts now. They running up in Cancun. They running up in um, Puerto Vallarta. They running up in, um, um, what's the place below California? Um, is that Puerto Vallarta? No, what's that? I don't know, whatever that Baja down there, whatever that's called down there, they're running up on the resorts and, and taking people off the resorts. Mexico is dangerous. So, you know, when you go on the fucking sites and you see those State Department warnings, y'all be acting like that's optional. When that shit is red, they telling you that for a reason. They don't, you know, that ain't no light shit. Because there's places, plenty of places you could go where it's green, it's no issue. When that shit is red, Mexico, Colombia, they telling you that for reasons. Mexico is dangerous. And it ain't no place to be fucking around in no white minivan for a black ass is driving down there thinking y'all just gonna get some drugs and fuck. That shit is, a, that is narco land. Especially right there at that border. So, they, look, y'all two that got out, y'all hope y'all realize how lucky y'all are. Because y'all can, and now, and since that happened, there's these other stories of like people who have gone, like it's four, three sisters that went down there, disappeared, they been going a month, they probably dead, them motherfuckers down there will kill you, throw you in an acid bucket, and, and you just disappear, like they kill people like flies down there, they don't give a damn, so, Mexico is not the place to fuck around in, then I read yesterday, it's another story, some, some lady, another lady is missing down there, dog, you go to Mexico, y'all tr- talking about, oh, well, if, as long as you walk in, you look like a local, they know you're not a fucking local, and if they want to snatch you off the fucking street, because you're a fucking American, you be gone, I don't fuck with Mexico like that, it's so fucking dangerous, it's fucking dangerous. I be listening to these podcasts, y'all. It's too many people that go down to Mexico and disappear. Yes, they be on the resorts. Yes, they be on the cruise ships. If they get a hold of you, oh, maybe you got your Chanel sandals on, you got your Louis V bag, they think you rich. They'll snatch you up, and when they find out that ain't nobody on the other end of the car to, 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 to fucking hostage your ass, to pay your, uh, your, your, your hostage, uh, your ransom, you dead. No. Not me. Not me. So... Um, you know, I think they're, they're back in the U.S. now. I don't think we're going to get the full story on that. I don't think they're going to admit to what they were doing. Um, I don't know. I'm assuming they got the two dead ones probably back, too. Like, that's a shame that they lost their life, but that story is, is shady, the motherfucker. They were not down there for no tummy, tummy tuck. I don't believe that at all. Um, and I don't know what was going on, but it, I, the reason why I feel like it was something um, shady is because the cartel gave them back. The cartel gave them, the cartel saw that shit on the news and probably was like, oh man, look, we get him, get, turn somebody over because we cannot have the U.S. government coming down here for these, for these fucking Americans. Like, we send them back. We don't have no time. We don't have the lady kids on the news. We ain't got time for this. Send their ass back. And they throw the note and everything, talking about we don't attack innocent people. I think that was all to keep them out of their business. Look. And maybe they was innocent. Maybe they came down there and they, you know, trying to do some shit and got caught up in some shit and really they really didn't know nothing about it. And the cartel members like these dumbasses that came from these, because you know they know they go back and forth America too. Like they know the they probably like these dumbasses that came from something. What the get the fuck out of here, y'all ain't no y'all better go to fuck back America with this shit. You know what I mean? Like I just feel like it was something like that. But they're lucky. Um. But I don't think we ever gonna get the, the true story from that. All right, so 
I lied again. I said it wasn't going to be long. It was. I said what I was going to go. I ain't going to lie. I was going to go more on y'all for calling Chris Rock a coon. But maybe I'll save it for another episode. But just know, I was raised in a very black militant house. I know all of it. All, that's why I, I make I make fun of, like, all this woke shit so much. Because, like, dog, I've been going through this shit all my life. I've been listening to this shit all my life. My, and my, you know, and my dad wasn't even that bad. Like, again, my dad didn't go for the culty side. You know, he wasn't really, he wasn't really believing in all that shit. I mean, you know, he ended up, like I said, he went to a traditional Islam. Like, once they start learning about, same as Malcolm, once they start learning about traditional Islam, they start real, oh, this shit over here is some bullshit. This is not even, this ain't even, this is a cult. It's not even religion. So he wasn't really caught up in it like that. But, like, the black pride, I mean... It's just funny, because y'all, the people that be calling people coons, I be like, y'all motherfuckers don't know shit. Y'all motherfuckers would get dragged with the, like, y'all, y'all sound like a bunch of fucking Uncle Toms. Like, the way y'all, like, everything in your life is about white people. Like, if somebody wants to walk with class, and if somebody wants to go outside and not look a mess, it's to impress white people, that's because white people live in your head. I don't think about white people when I get up. I have I want to look nice because because that's what we do. We black people we all we don't go out looking raggedy. They had us looking raggedy, and now because white people have your brain in such a stranglehold, you think you being a militant because showing out in front of look. I can I don't have to dress up. I can dress like I can look bummy just like you, and you think that's saying something. You a fucking tom. You sound stupid. But, you know, I'm not going to go into it too hard. But I just every time somebody calls somebody Uncle Tom because they don't want to, you know, they say some stuff like, hey, you know, we don't really need to be acting like that. We can act like we have some dignity. We can act like we have some sense because we do. Y'all want to come with disrespectability. It's like, you, 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 first of all, it's, it's, it's Martin Luther King and them, they had, it's not, it's called strategy, bitch. It's called strategy because they understood that when you want something, you you can't come to people looking your worst. You have to come to people like Farrakhan gives this speech where he says that the reason that Muslims, they ask Muslims why they wear their suits and the bow ties, he said because when you go, and this is some some tap shit, but I'm just saying it kind of rings off when he said it. He said because when you go to war, you wear a wardrobe. He said if we have to come to you looking respectable, looking how you, it's, it's about how, how can we how can we get you to do what we want to do so if okay if we come to you looking all crazy and looking dusty nobody's going to listen no, we're not going to get anywhere so what we do is we put these suits on because we know in your mind if i put a suit on it means i'm serious if i put a bow tie on it means i'm serious. so we really playing you it's not about we are catering to you. It's not about we, but that's what y'all don't understand because everything in y'all mind is getting the, trying to get the white man to love you we don't give a fuck about that, but if 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 I come to this table with this bow tie, and this bow tie means that I can convince you to give me this money that I'm gonna need to do what I want to do, then I'm. A, it's not about you're not in my mind, nigga. You're not in my mind. I'm in your mind because I'm playing the game. I'm 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 strategizing. The reason why Martin Luther King and them were had didn't let the girl that was a 16 year old pregnant girl get arrested because they knew that wasn't going to work because they knew that they would be able to undermine the mission and say, "Look, see, this is what we're telling you about these black people. They all they couldn't have that." No. We need somebody that's that's above reproach to get the laws that we need passed, to appeal to the people who have the ability to pass the laws that we need. We need to be unassailable. That's a strategy. That's not trying to suck up 
suck up the white people. That's a strategy. We're being strategic. How can we get, because we, we're doing it this way and that don't work. That's spinning our wheels. That's not effective. That's, that's, it's easy to undermine us. It's easy to dismiss us. It's easy to just push us to the side because we're not, we don't, we don't come serious. It's a strategy, and that's what you young people don't understand, and that's why you have no movement, you have zero traction, you have zero abortion, you got zero um, public schools almost, you can't even, they trying to not even teach you about Africa, that's why, because you don't have any strategy, so you can't put anything together, and so there's no movement, because all of y'all bunch of stunt queens are trying to get on TV, and that's all you fucking care about, and that's why we're moving backwards. So, be careful who y'all call coons because somebody y'all going to listen. All right, I'm not going to say nothing else about it, but it's cuz I could really bro. <laughs> I could really go off on that shit cuz I that shit that shit is so much a part of ingrained in me and so much a part of my DNA, but I don't do it because I recognize that a lot of it is foolishness and a lot of it is just programming and a lot of it is just like people trying to have some control over things they don't feel like they have control over. I get that. But, you know, y'all y'all want to be so pro-black and they ain't raised in pro-black nothing. Just raised in, in, in subservience and reaction and bouncing off of white people like ping-pong balls. want to call everybody else a coon. I just think that's funny. All right, anyway, that's it. Um, thanks for listening. Thanks for asking. I got it to y'all on time, so I don't got to apologize to y'all, but I do appreciate y'all for listening. I appreciate y'all for waiting. Like me, rate me, tell a friend. All right, see y'all next week. Peace.